independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Entitlements. Are we ever going to cut them? No. We're going to let them go. We're going to ignore all the things. I saw an, uh, a couple things today in the dispatch, and I think an Axios says, you know, the entitlements under attack. They're not under attack. If you're a Republican, you got to figure out how do you rephrase this thing? Because it's not about cutting entitlements, it's about rescuing entitlements. Oh, wow, it changes everything, right? Pro-life, pro-choice. When you say abortion, you say pro-choice, it softens it, right? Reimagining the police, modernizing police, defunding police, different, right? Anti-war, it's a peace march. It's different. When you rebrand something, and again, it's it's you're still trying to do something, but you've got to look at entitlements. Say, how do we save entitlements? The reality is, the other night everybody's cheering Biden. I I got everybody come together and save all of this stuff because they want to get rid of all of this stuff, and it's never going to happen because if they try, I'll crush their souls. It's a bunch of crap. It is. Here's the fact, Jack. There's no money. We're going to run out of it. Not going to be any left. So rescuing. Social Security and Medicare makes you sound like a hero. No matter what they spin. It's been a sacred trust, a rock-solid guarantee. Generations of Americans have counted on it, and it works. The number of seniors living in poverty has plummeted since Social Security was created. And now these guys want to cut it. I don't get it. I really don't. No, you don't, because you're who you are. And they don't want to cut it. There's one person out there that wants to take it on. But if you guys are all honest, your predecessor, who you worked with, and I'm not talking about the one before you, I'm talking about the the, the Democrats before you, several predecessors before you, they all wanted to take it on. By the way, Joe, if I'm correct, you tried to stop and freeze Social Security and Medicare on several occasions as a senator. You spoke up about it. But problem and politics. The problem is, if I say anything, I'm going to get run out of town if we really address it. Politics is, I'll say nothing, and eventually I won't be here. So when it goes to hell in a handbasket, I'm gone. It's, it's amazing. It is. You can scream and yell all you want, but the reality of math is there isn't the money that we're going to need. So we've got to rescue it. And rescue it means not cutting people's services. And this is the thing. Are we and maybe maybe my my short-sightedness is uh I believe that the American people could handle an actual message and conversation about this. And I don't know, maybe my, my, I'm, I'm too short-sighted and, and I, I don't really think in the long term of, of, you know, the repercussions of the fact that through the telephone game and the lies that things are going to be told that nobody can really handle this kind of message. So the best thing for it to do maybe is just to fail. 
I know that a lot of Republicans, their dream is to cut Social Security and Medicare. Well, let me say this. If that's your dream, I'm your nightmare. <sighs> yeah. So between 2023 and 35, they're going to become essentially insolvent. So you talk about rescuing it. And his big thing now is stop focusing on uh, the, 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 the amount of debt. Focus on revenue. Translations. Where can we get more revenue? How can we get more revenue? What can we do to get more revenue? That means taxes, kids. That means taxes. It's been a sacred trust, a rock-solid guarantee. Sacred trust. Rock-solid guarantee. Over 1.1 million people in Florida would be eligible for Medicaid if Governor Sanders just said, I agree to expand it. It's not, this, this, isn't, this isn't calculus. No, but what is calculus? How about just regular arithmetic? Is money. But doing the right thing, having the right policy, taking on the problem and trying to solve it is not what gets you elected. What gets you elected is politics. What gets you elected is hammering home that the world is coming to an end and that you can save it without actually having to address the fact that there is an issue. That is the human way. That is the American way. I'm 30 pounds overweight. I could address it. Or I could just buy an extra large shirt. And say to myself, I'll lose some weight tomorrow. The Super Bowl's this weekend. I'm going on vacation. I'll start on February 1st. You know, December 1st, January 1st, March 1st. Because I'd like, I like it to, I'll start Monday. It is always something. And when you don't address it, eventually it will fail. And maybe the thing is it has to fail before people understand. But the problem is while trying to fix it or trying to get along and keep it somewhat solvent, what ends up happening is we push it out, we make the debt bigger, and then when it does fail, people are really going to be standing there holding the bag with nothing because we, we don't got anything left. We've, you know, we cut everything. We got nothing. And those people will be, well, they'll be screwed. You're right, Mr. President. It's not calculus. It's just regular old math. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter, your Instagram, all of the other things. Super Bowl this weekend. I'm excited. It was out yesterday again. Uh, my voice is beat because we were screaming and yelling. We were hooting and hollering, having a good time. But I was out yesterday at the uh, Super Bowl uh, media day, media row that they have down there. And uh, it was interesting. Yesterday's big star. So there was a bunch of TikTok people still. But yesterday's big star and there was Hall of Famers, soon-to-be Hall of Famers, uh, you know, I mean, the, the pro bowlers, everybody and anybody. There was a couple big celebra- celebrities that wandered through. Uh, I saw a ton of I ran into Flavor Flav last night, which is always a win, right? Flavor for the win. But uh, the biggest star yesterday was Nickelodeon's Dylan. And uh, who he does the game on, so they replay the game on Thursday nights or whatever, and the uh, uh, Nickelodeon does it, and they have the slime and everything. He, everybody, every NFL player wanted to see him, 
and it was hilarious. And he he's a kid. I don't know. He's like 13. He's got an entourage with him. I was like, my God, it's crazy. It is. It's so crazy. But this is the new world we live in. Kids are stars. My daughter is. So my son is at that age, you know, and my, and my, and my stepdaughter, Lily, they're at that age where they, they, they want to be kind of stars. And at the same time, they're, they're really worried about what people think of them. On the other side of things, my four-year-old does not care at all. And all she's got a favorite show, uh, this little girl named Adley, she absolutely loves. And she watches this other kid named Coley, who she loves because it reminds her of her brother. So this past weekend, we got her own little uh, little tablet. She calls it her iTab. She's been walking around the house filming everything and herself for the last several days. I asked my wife, I said, how's the film, filming going? She says, there's going to be a lot of editing. But she is, she is, she just, this is the the world that they live in. The kids, she's seeing other kids do these things. And I'm just like, wow, this is it, man. This is what it is. I mean, these kids are, they're becoming brands. It's nuts. Everybody's like, would you allow your daughter to do that? I, I said, you know what? My daughter's having fun. She likes filming it for herself because she thinks it's neat. And you, I, I don't think, the, the thing is, she's not coming up with the idea of putting it anywhere. She just likes the fact that she can play it back and laugh at herself. It's the parents that push or give the opportunity to film and edit because the seven-year-old's not doing it. A four-year-old's not doing it. So far, if this radio thing doesn't work out, luckily, I know Charlie will. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. Love hearing from every single one of you. I do a lot of stuff to get to. We'll talk a bit about the Super Bowl today. I'm going to give my picks. The whole nine yards will break it down for you. Mike Lyon's going to come on. We're going to talk about the Luft balloon that we shot down. Why didn't we shoot shoot it down sooner? The ridiculousness of the fact that this program's been going on. Why is it that balloons are popping? Now we go, okay, those are what those were. Why didn't we know before? You know, like, how bad is this? How bad of a look is this? Plus, Ukraine, it looks like the all-out attack is on right now. And Russia has started and begun what will be their spring offensive, but they've gone a little early. Talk about that. A lot of other stuff coming up. Better help. Better H-E-L-P. Better help. Maybe you're struggling in life with decision making. You've got some big decisions to come up with. You'd like somebody to talk to about it. Maybe you've got some stuff that's deeper, stuff that's been with you since childhood, and you'd like somebody to talk to. That's what BetterHelp's all about. They have uh, worked with over 3 million people to place them with licensed and vetted therapists, and it is awesome. It's all from the comfort of your home. It's all online. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to fight traffic or any of that stuff. It's just simple and easy. You fill out a questionnaire, and away you go. They place you with a therapist, and if you're, if you're, if maybe you feel like, you know what, we're not clicking, they can easily get you to another therapist, and the expense, well, it's nothing compared to going to an office. You're going to save big. It's helped my family tremendously. I know it'll help you. Right now, go to BetterHelp dot com slash Benson. That's better help com slash Benson. You'll save 10% off your first month. You fill out a questionnaire. It's simple and easy. Find out what everything's about by going to betterhelp.com slash Benson right now. Chad Benson Show.
Welcome to Tribal Free Radio. Information over affirmation. Facts over fiction. It's ridiculous, and I want you to know that. You call it ridiculous, we call it reality. That's a crock. Real over fake. God help us. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. The Chad Benson Show. Fighting truth decay the American way. It's going to be a celebration of my catalog. 17 years of music smushed into 13 minutes. That's what Rihanna says she's bringing to Sunday's Super Bowl halftime show in a moderated discussion Thursday in which she didn't take questions from the press. Rihanna didn't give any details about what she's planning, but said when she was asked to do it three months after having her first child, she felt like it was finally time to say yes. When you become a mom, there's something that just happens where you feel like you could take on the world, you can do anything, and the Super Bowl is one of the biggest stages in the world. She did say that it'll be high energy from beginning to end, and it'll represent her Caribbean culture. Representing for immigrants, representing for my country, Barbados, representing for black women everywhere. Ah, so that's what we have on Sunday. It's going to be interesting uh, to uh, uh, see how it goes. You know, I mean, I think she's going to knock it out the park. She's got uber talent. You know, she has got uber, uber talent. She is so, I think people realize what kind of business person she is the, the, the brains on her, the way she's built it. She's built an empire. I think she's worth, you know, I think she's about what? One seven. That's with the B. Oh, wow. Yeah. Rihanna is, is smart. Uh, you know, she is, she has built a empire off her, you know, the beauty and her looks. Uh, it is, it's amazing. And she's got, we think about it, she's uber talented, but we haven't seen, she's the first time she's performed in seven years on stage. Oh. And for a lot of artists, touring is how they make their money now. Well, if you're worth $1.4 billion, you can drop an album. You're at a point where you can control a little bit more than everything else. And you're not in need of the money that, say, a lot of other artists may be in need of or still trying to chase. Speaking of the Super Bowl, what will it cost? How much more? What is the big cost going to be this year? Despite inflation and lingering shortages, your game day party is going to cost you less this year, except for one key item, alcohol. That's always the most expensive part of a party. According to a new Wells Fargo Super Bowl food report, beer prices this year have jumped 11% from last year, with wine up 4% and spirits up 2%. And experts say it can be easy to go over budget if you're not careful. Yeah. You know, I don't know what your budget is, uh, but uh, it could be, it, it, you know, maybe you got a few, uh, uh, maybe you got a few grand on your budget. Maybe you got a few hundred bucks. Maybe you don't. And you got to figure out, all right, look, I'm putting together a little party. We're all coming over. I got to figure out a way to cut some of this cost, though. Five tips to rein in your spending without fumbling the fun. One, tackle the food as a team. Ask half of your guests to bring something salty and half of your guests to bring something sweet so you don't end up with either all chips or all dessert. Two, don't get lost on the sidelines. Keep side dishes simple. Whip up something using ingredients you already have at home or buy cheaper items like wings and guac. A pound of chicken wings is down 22% from last January. Man, thank goodness. Down 22% a pound of chicken wings. And watch out for the guac. Remember what we've touched on. They are pirating uh, and hijacking 
giant 18-wheelers coming across the border. So watch out for that. Uh, and then, of course, again, so you got the alcohol. You can figure out how to do all this kind of stuff. It's putting together the right stuff because somebody wants to make their special dip that nobody really likes, but they think it's special. You got to watch out for that. Three, skip the pre-made trays. They're often overpriced, and you can make them yourself for much less. Four, be strategic. Place less expensive items at the start of the buffet line to save money. People will choose more of the things at the beginning of the buffet. Makes sense, right? Your plate is empty. You're hungry. You load up your plate. And finally, keep decor at a minimum. Remember, it's just for one day, and the highlight is the actual game. Here's what you need to do. Chips, dips, wings, some sliders, a few things like that. That's what people want. Right? And then the ladies will bring their own stuff and they can do that. It's not very nice. I'm just being honest, guys. I'm trying to save you something. And here's the other thing. Tell everybody to bring their own alcohol. Makes it better. That's all. What can I bring you? Just alcohol. You're good with that. Coming up, Mike Lyons. Talk about the balloon. Ukraine straight ahead. Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. So much to talk about. It's been a week since the giant second moon that was the spying balloon floated by aimlessly for days, except for the part where it was controlled. Uh, when last we spoke, our good buddy uh, Mike Lyons, retired major in the Army, and of course, our military analyst, uh, uh, joined the program said, yeah, we're going to eventually shoot it down, but the lawyers are getting involved and stuff. And I heard several people echo that, Mike, on why we didn't shoot it down. Lawyers here, lawyers there in the Pentagon. The reality is, Mike, we've shot it down. And man, how just weak do we look right now when it comes to all of this stuff? Then we find out there were three other ones that were here at one point in time. Chad, yeah, I can't get over how we also can't stop talking about it. You know, yesterday, the State Department decides to come out and say, yeah, well, the balloon had surveillance equipment on it. Like, we just need to be quiet and let this one go. I Just the level of mistakes that have been made in this are just mind-boggling. I, getting back to what the NORAD commander said, that this uh, balloon showed d- domain gaps in our capabilities. We never used to tell our enemies our problems like that. Um, so, you know, top to bottom, I, it is not something that the United States has ever done before. Um, I'm not sure everybody's recognizing the level of threat China is. I mean, I think it's a small, like we said, global power trial balloon, but the bottom line is our reaction just still, we just can't stop talking about it and it just makes it worse and worse. You know, you talk about uh, the domain. Explain to everybody what the domain gap is, because it's this weird thing that they're using some sort of like, hey, there's a some sort of domain gap between these. What exactly does that even mean? Right. So at a, at, at a very high level, they, they're claiming that the because of the where this balloon flew at the, at the altitude it flew at the pace it flew at, that the sophisticated equipment that we have was not able to detect it. When it crossed over and we weren't quite sure what it was, we couldn't identify it. 
I, I have a really hard time believing that in a post 9-11 world because it flew at 60,000 feet. 60,000 feet is where ICBMs fly, with our, where our Patriot missiles that we've designed or desi- are supposed to knock those kind of things out of the sky right away. Uh, and they're claiming that we didn't kind of see it coming in, like it's like a radar glitch or something. I, it's not, it's just I'm beyond the pale that that's the case. Knowing what I know also about um, these kind of radar systems that are done in depth uh, in, in multiple different areas that overlay each other. The bottom line is they they got word of it. They knew what it was. And the Pentagon just didn't do anything about it. They didn't pass it up the chain of command. And they've had this incident kind of be, happen before. So it just is a really poor excuse for trying to for trying to tell NORAD that, that, that they didn't really do their job. Talking to my clients, military analysts, as we talk about uh, China, the balloons and 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 whatnot. You talk about the 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 sophisticated system. You know, like the I've I've read stuff where you know it could look like a, a cloud. It could look like a you know they can detect birds and certain things like this. It, the fact that everybody knew that this was a balloon, and of course you make the rounds nowadays. You got to call the billionaires and saying, "Are you guys flying something?" Because you know you guys are all billionaires and weirdos. So who knows what you're doing? But we should have. I mean. This is embarrassing. The only reason we're even talking about it is because farmers eventually got to right. see it, and it was just we couldn't shut up. Yeah, that's right. And it, the governor of Montana said we should have shot it down over Montana right there. There's uh, lots of areas there that uh, that was you know pretty desolate that we wouldn't have hit anything on the ground. Uh, they wait until it literally crosses the whole United States and then, you know, over water. And, and again, the legal side to this is they want to make sure it's still within the airspace of the United States, but not in international water because we couldn't have shot it down in international water. I, again, they, they talked themselves into this, you know, reasoning, like apologizing for doing this. And and I just I just don't get it. When, when, it, when, it was, when it was shot down, it was still terminal velocity when it hit the ocean. So whatever was in there was likely destroyed anyway. It's not like. You know, all you see them doing is picking out, you know, balloon parts out of the sea because all the mechanical parts have been probably shattered and destroyed or at the bottom of the ocean right now. So sad. You, you, I, I, you and I were talking off the air and I was talking yesterday, like TikTok was right across from us at the, at the, you know, at the, uh, at the media row for Super Bowl. And you're like, people just don't understand what kind of threat China is not just to, 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 to the globe, but you know, to us as well. And I don't think people really understand how big of a threat China is. Yeah, and on all levels, from the military, they're called the pacing threat. And what that means is that uh, our, our military planners are trying to figure out how to wage war, win a war, really a defensive war, at least to start, uh, if they started one against China. They have a billion people. I mean, we couldn't even manufacture a billion bullets, let's say, right? I mean, to to, to do something there. Um, so, so from the military side, you look on the commerce side, the Chinese continue to steal our intellectual capital. They've been stealing it for the past 20 years since it's been opened up uh, under, you know, former Bill Clinton's when he was the president, when he said, you know, that China are the good guys. You heard our this president that said China are the good guys. You have the commerce side to it. So on every on every aspect, China has, you know, they've, they've stolen 22 million records of, of uh our former service members, they hack, they have tremendous capability in the cyber world. They have all these kinds of things. It's almost like a ticking time bomb as to when they're going to actually do something. But we're not awake here in our country. I, I thought this would have been like this visual political reality of seeing a balloon in the sky that's a spy balloon saying that they're kind of a threat. But the United States people don't necessarily recognize them as a threat yet as everybody continues to download TikTok and information from your phone is heading right off to the, you know, the Chinese Communist Party. Talking to my clients, military analysts, we talk about uh, all things military and global 
chaos. It looks like the the somewhat of the onslaught has begun in as we pivot from there to to Ukraine, uh, and it looks like they're starting to ramp it up a little bit quicker. Are they starting to sense the Russians that uh, the Brits are getting more behind it, and maybe people are going to start pitching in more that they better get into this thing quicker, <laughs> just in case it gets to the point where they realize they've got everything they need to be more offensive than defensive. Well, the Russians are fighting what's called a covering force battle right now. It's the pre- precursor to what I perceive to be is going to be this operation, uh, spring, this offensive operation that they'll take place over the next few months. And the covering force uh, provides Russia opportunities to collect intel on the ground, see what the other, see what the enemy is doing. It also forces Ukraine to respond to some of these attacks as Russia is probing and looking for weak spots. And this is what's happening in the east. So I don't think the the offense is on full blown yet, but I do think that it is just a matter of time. And I think that um, the the tanks aren't going to get there on time. And uh, there's going to be real concern here in the next few months as Russia has been mobilizing a tremendous amount of troops uh, on the border there, as well as within the Donetsk region in particular, to try to take back what's the eastern portion of the Dnepro River. You know, it was I. I saw this week a few articles, and nobody really picked it up, that uh, I think it was the one of the guys, some of the leaders in Chechnya said, hey, you know, uh, Putin's no longer going to hide the fact that uh, Poland is next. And, you know, not only for being Poland and, and you know, and there's some issues they've had with Poland in the past, but also for what's going on, they're no longer going to hide that fact that they're coming for them next. And it really wasn't picked up by a bunch of people. And I thought to myself, for all the worry of us, you know, impeding into Ukraine and helping them and getting closer to Russia, the reality is if they overthrow the Ukrainian government and they decide, hey, we're keeping all this stuff, they're next to Poland. And all of a sudden, the East is moving West. Yeah, that that now gets NATO involved. I think that uh, that would be a huge wake up call, and, and the amount of equipment that Russia takes there is um, is a game changer. So I, I'm not sure uh, whether or not uh, the U.S. would let that happen. We'd have we'd have intel that would see that as the case. That R- Russia would need Belarus on their side in, in order to do that, because they're still as much as they're wrecking Ukraine their military is still getting fairly wrecked in terms of the amount of troops that they're losing. And while they, they have people and they have industrial capacity, um, I think that that might be a bridge too far. I, I you know, the U.S. will would likely get more of a, you know, U.N. involvement. The U.S. would get much more involved in that if they thought Poland was being a threatened. And, and, then, and then I would say this, uh, I, you look at the polls, what they're doing right now, and uh, they've got a history of, of of the Russians, and I think, if anything, they'd want they'd want a shot at them, and they would not stop. They would not hesitate. As as you know, they're in this phase of of now getting new military equipment coming from the West, and I and I think Poland would uh, would put up a big fight. But that would be a NATO fight at that point, and that would be a loser for Vladimir Putin. As we move to you know this this battle that's getting ready to begin, uh, you know this week Zelensky was in it was you know was was in the UK uh, doing his thing, and you know they're debating on whether or not to give him jets, and I don't know if they will or won't, but it, there is this definite sense that the, the this ramp that is coming, uh, the off ramp is is coming closer and closer for for Russia and them to settle some stuff, uh, you know, semi peacefully here, and Zelensky doesn't seem to be wanting having any of it. He wants his land, he wants his country back. And that fight is going to get more expensive for a lot of people. And there's got to be at some point somebody saying, all right, well, guys, you better figure this out because we're not going to fund this forever. 
Well, I, you know, that's exactly a great point. And at, at what point does the, the West say, okay, it's now time to negotiate because we can't give you any more. And I thought that um, we would have waited on the tanks, at least until we thought Russia was a little bit more destroyed. They're not. Um, but it, we're giving him a false sense of security because he can't win without the West. And at, at any at any point that, that that support could get turned off. So I think that, um, you know, there will come a point and maybe it's six months from now where um, a phone call gets made and, and he's got to recognize he might lose, uh, you know, 20 percent of his land mass and 95 percent of the Black Sea coast and, and, and until until the Ukraine military can figure out a way to military threaten it with with force and take Crimea. I, there's they have no leverage in this in this whatsoever. And, and Russia knows that Russia knows that they can't. They can't keep troops along that 800-kilometer border in enough of a mass to bring the offensive operation they need to the southern portion to threaten Ukraine, to threaten Crimea, because if they did, then they give up the entire eastern portion, uh, and they lose that forever as well. Yeah, and that's, and again, you know, you, you, you as I tell everybody, you know, at the end of the day, if we were, and, and you'll answer this, Mike, better than anybody else, if, if, if the West turns it off, it says, look, six months, it's over and done, and they still want to keep on the fight, how long does that fight last before Russia finally overthrows them? Yeah, I mean, if they get their stuff together from a military perspective, it, it that could be weeks. I mean, that's, that's, that could be that allure of battle that, that they think, could take place the initial three-day uh you know kind of occupation it's just wide open spaces there once they get past certain defenses the russian forces just have not proven to to fight in a combined arms manner they they can bring more tanks they can bring more infantry fighting vehicles they can bring more aircraft to the battlefield um and if they decide to ever synchronize it and fight in a combined arms team there's just not a lot ukraine can do about it except uh you know try to negotiate something quickly before they take more space incredible crazy chaos who knows what will happen next it's great having you on he's the retired major in the army and of course the man the myth the legend when it comes to us in in, in military we love having him on every week uh, mike Lyons, as always mike appreciate you coming on we'll talk to you soon chad thanks have a great weekend you too at chad benson show is your twitter c-h-a-d-p-e-n-s-o-n Ah, Rough Greens, R-U-F-F Greens.com slash chat. I give it to my dog, Doodle, every single day. It's got vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369. It is awesome. Give it to my older dogs. Give it to my younger dogs. And right now, uh, you know, I make sure that my mother's dogs have it because I think it's a good thing. They've got big dogs, and one of them's going through some issues medically. And make sure they double down on that because all the help they can get is what they need. And it is just been a lifesaver for my older dog, Doodle, who is happy, healthy, and thriving. If you'd like to try it, give it to your dogs. Don't change a thing, by the way. You get it. You just sprinkle it on top of there. You don't have to buy new food or anything. All you have to do is go to ruffgreens.com slash chat. They're going to send you a new bag absolutely free. Roughgreens.com slash chat. Roughgreens.com slash chat. It is the Chad Benson Sure. Set Chad straight. Text the show, 323-538-2423. That's 323-538-CHAD. Someone has to do it. Might as well be you. The Chad Benson Show. Well, you got to make sure you get your rehab in. You got to make sure you get the the mo- mo- mobility right, everything like that. Um Luckily, you got you had an extra week, so that helps out a ton. Um, but uh, you still just try to get wherever you can to be close as you can to 100% by game day. 
That right there, Patrick Mahomes. It is the game. 57 of these. This will be the 57th edition of the Super Bowl. Some neat stuff inside of the Super Bowl. This is Travis Kelsey, uh, who plays for the Chiefs, talking about his mom. Uh, my mom's everything. I love her to death. Uh, and right now, I think she's kind of cheering for the Eagles because of her grand- grandkids, but uh, it's all right. We're, I, know, I, know, I know where her heart is. Uh, why is he saying he? she's cheering for the Eagles? Because his brother plays for the Eagles. <laughs> That's hilarious. First time ever brothers will face off. Now, they both play offense, so they won't go up against each other. Uh, but uh, first time ever that the brothers will face off in a Super Bowl. Andy Reid, the coach of the Chiefs, looking to win his second Super Bowl. He actually coached the Eagles at one point. It was his first team that he coached. I had 14 great years there. I loved every minute of it. Um, the, it's a great organization. Um I still am close with the, the people there. It was great to see the, the kids that we had drafted uh, that are now these veteran players, all pro players, and um, on that team. Uh, I had a chance to give them a hug last night, and, and, and now we go our separate ways and we get ready to play. Yep, and it is going to be a hell of a game Uh but I'm going to tell you guys this right now. People have been asking me, you know, who who's going to win? Well, let's break it down for you, shall we? Because it is going to be this Sunday, the Super Bowl on five. And I am going to break it down for you from top to bottom. Who's got the most talent? You look over and you say, yes. Hard to go against the Chiefs. Uh, Travis Kelsey is the best. No doubt about it. Tied in in the history of football. Patrick Mahomes is in his, what, this will be his third Super Bowl. He's won one. He's lost one. He is a freak of nature. Brilliant. Incredible. That team is stacked. In a lot of ways. They lose a guy, they bring another guy in. They lose a guy, they draft a guy. Their offense is amazing. All of the things point us to Chiefs, except for the fact that you look over and you see the Eagles. Jalen Hurts. Damn good quarterback. Damn good quarterback. Is he great? Like Patrick Mahomes? If you told me today who could I take one of these two, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. Their receivers are great. But not the greatest. Their defense is insane. They it's one of those teams where they don't do they don't have that one or two players. They don't they they you look over there and you're like, man, they're they're good. But they're not great. They're even great, but they're not great. But you know what they are? A great team. The Eagles are a great team from top to bottom. There isn't a weakness. You look over, special teams, great. You look over, defense, great. Offense, great. That's why this weekend, defense wins championships. And that's what's going to happen. The Eagles, 31. And the Chiefs, 24. That is my pick for 
Super Bowl 57. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the show. Vicinity Show. The podcast. Grab it, please. Mike Lyons. Great talking about China. Check it out. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. L.A. Times. What's the matter with Portland? Shooting, theft, and other crimes test the city's progressive strains. Uh, let, let's talk about what's wrong with it. You you don't want the police. You have activists that are loud and shouting. You throw money at organizations and continue to throw money at situations that will never fix the problem because the reality is is handing money to people whose problems uh, pay the bills, meaning they're the ones who get the money, and they look at them and they say, well, why would we want to super fix the problem when we can enable said problems and see these things, well, continue to go with, uh, you you know, continue to go along and we'll be fine. To name a few, not policing, because you're telling the police, hey, police, you guys, eh, don't do anything, right? You know, not feeling if you're a police officer like the city has your back. I mean, we can go on and on, right? Making it easier for criminals to do whatever the hell they want to do. Enabling people to essentially kill themselves on the streets quietly. The, the homeless industrial complex of handing billions of dollars out across the country to programs that don't work. But this is very interesting. So uh, people are pissed. And it starts out, if you want to understand the schism that dominates the political and social landscape in this famously liberal city, a walk down southeast Rhine Street might be a good place to start. Flora Gonzalez, who lives on the north side of the street, is distressed about the conditions in her historically blue-collar neighborhood. The 40-year-old package handler from FedEx said, People have openly dealt drugs, urinated on sidewalks outside her family's duplex. They've dumped feces and used syringes in her manicured yard, played booming music at 3M, stripped stolen cars for parts. Shots have been fired behind her children's bedroom. We feel abandoned by the police. We pay our taxes and the police are not watching over our security. Do you know why? Because of your neighbor across the street. Who's that? Juniper Simone's. Or uh, Simonis. She rents a home across the street. She's opposed for calls on police clampdowns. The 30-year-old environmental biologist and data scientist whose front yard features a handmade disarm, defund, and dismantle the police sign said Portland officials continue to fail the homeless by underfunding services and sweeping camps with callous disregard for people's dignity and property. She also goes on to say, 
Portland's not liberal enough. There's a lack of resources. And I think being liberal in terms of spending money to provide support services, trying to regulate homelessness out of a city, I don't view that as liberal at all. What do you view? Like, what is your breaking point? I'm always curious about this with people who are like, well, the homeless, the unhoused, the unsheltered. It's We know what it is. If you're taking a crap in somebody's yard, if you're doing drugs in somebody's yard, if you're shooting in somebody's yard, your problem isn't you missed a paycheck. So what is it? Please, somebody tell me. Over the last three years, the number of unhoused people in the metro areas jumped from about 4,000 to at least 6,600, which we all know is a lie. But it continues. Shootings in the city have tripled since 2019. That's a record. Low-level crimes have spiked. More than 11,000 vehicles were stolen in 2022. How much is that up? Well, it was 6,500 in 2019. It almost doubled. Fatal drug overdoses doubled. Oh. What do you know? I mean, and it's funny because, and they say this in the speech, when conservatives say this is what liberal policing, uh, you know, policies and, and and liberal ideas get you. Everybody in Portland will rose their eyes. Oh, you guys are stupid. The woke stuff never gets that way. Yet when they hold a, a a poll asking everybody in Portland, how do you feel about the city? Is it going in the right direction? Are you ready for this? 36% say it's going in the right direction. It was 76% in 2000. So something's got to be it. Is, is it because of the conservatives? It isn't because of the conservative ideas that are failing. And that's human That's human, right there in a nutshell. It can't be me. It can't be my idea. It can't be any of the beliefs I have. There's no way this could happen. It's got to be something else. City Commissioner uh, Mingus Maps, a Democrat, former political science professor at Brandeis University, says you don't have to watch Fox News to look around the Portland and say this is not cool. Ah, <laughs> uh, what do you expect? And I love. I just. I go back to that. 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 That poll. Right. That is continuing. Now, now, so I gave you 2000, 2020, 11% now of voters thought Portland was heading in the right direction. So it went from 76 to 36 to 11%. It is continuing to go down. And what do they, oh, when you talk about the, it it can't be us. It can't be our woke ideas, our liberal, we need more money. Have you ever noticed more money, more money, more money? I always talk about sports. In the context of money and and in life, because I think sports is really one of the last real things that's out there anymore. How many teams this week, a massive trade, two massive trades were made in the NBA that involved a team that put together a super team. They had poured more money in than you know what they could do. Guess what? None of it worked. On paper, it looked amazing, right? You had James Harden, you had Kyrie Irving, and, and, and you had KD. These three amazing stars, the triple had three Hall of Famers in the prime of their career. And it never worked. Because there was no other plan. There was nothing. 
And that's what you have in, in, in so many of these places. There's no real plan. It's just failure after failure. Portland is a mess, right? They wanted to cut the police budget in 2020 by $15 million. Short of the $50 million some demanded. Dis, disband its gun violence uh, reduction team. They do all of these things. You just allow what happens. You just allow crime to run rampant. You did. John Torn, 47, when he's talking about crime. He's a black owner of a construction company who was born and raised in Portland, said he understood the bail fund was trying to counter malicious prosecutors and inequities in the criminal justice system. But he said he felt less safe in the city and he believes the city has something and has a duty to respond. Longtime Democrat said progressive means something different now. It did when I was growing up. Now, when I think progressive, I think extremism. Yeah. Portland's one of these beautiful, amazing, incredible cities for everybody listening around. And yet it is disgusting and nasty. And that's what it's become. The outskirts. Oregon is gorgeous. You get out. It's beautiful. Certain areas are fine. But guess what? It's just like San Francisco. San Francisco is one of those cities where you're like, this is one of the most beautiful cities in the world, and it's gross. It's nasty. You can go places. You can escape certain things and areas, but the reality is the downtown is nasty. We, we, we're we downtown Phoenix over the last couple of days uh, going to the media row. And so we, we took the stairs up and down in the parking garage, and Gatos who's always the big defender of let's give more money to this is really the only people who are homeless or people who've missed a paycheck kind of thing. And they're just struggling. But he understands that there's drugs and some stuff involved and mental illness. But he believes that so much of it is is people are just struggling to get back on their feet. And there is those people. But that makes up. We're, we're not talking about those people. We talk about what we see. So we get inside the, the garage, another garage. We're going to go down the stairs. He goes, what is that smell? I go, what do you mean? What is that smell? He goes, what is that putrid? I feel like I'm going to vomit. What is that putrid smell? I said, that's urine. He goes, what do you mean? I go, people come in here and piss. He goes, why? I said, what do you mean, why? This is your utopia. And he was like shocked. And we were all laughing. Yeah, that's what it is. Extremism. Ridiculous. No matter what Portland seems to do, no matter how much money they give, and it's across the board. From big city to big city, from blue city to blue city, no matter what you try to do, you're pouring money into something. And you know what you're doing? You're asking for zero accountability, zero progress. And you're wondering why people are getting more and more pissed. My God. And a mayor in Los Angeles was almost a Republican, even though he ran as an independent. Everybody knows this guy was an uber Republican, a billionaire. Why? Because of one thing homelessness in fact it was such a close race that uh, bass who won the race she turned to him and said you need to be on the homeless team to help fix this nightmare because that's what it's become but it's not just about the homeless think about the we're going to get rid of bail we're going and bail is at times we all know it's ridiculous some of the stuff that they're charging people with and how much but we've gone to the other extreme side of things which is what we tend to do Right, We go from gutter to gutter, as I call it, like bowling. 
overcompensate and go to the other side rather than to find the sweet spot, which is we're just going to let everybody out and never charge them, or we're going to overcharge them and set their bail ridiculously high. Where's common sense in all of this? Where's accountability? There isn't any. And when there isn't any accountability, then it's nobody's fault. And when it's nobody's fault, carry on. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter, your Instagram, all of the other things. Uh, Raycon, best earbuds around. I love my Raycons. I wear them every single day. You guys know that. But you guys don't know is I have gaming headphones. My kids love them. My, my <clears throat> in particular, uh, Fifi, my, my eldest, she she puts her headphones through all kinds of stuff. Not only she game, uh, she also works out a lot. That's kind of like she's like me. She's got nervous energy. She's always doing something. She has beaten several headphones up to the point where they are not usable anymore, and they spent a ton of money on these. When we got her these, she has had these for well over a year and a half, two years, and she has beat them up, and they are rocking and rolling, and they never let her down. If you love stuff and you got kids like me and you know they're going to play games, they got the best gaming headphones. The sound quality is second to none. They've got speakers and everything in between. Raycon makes it and they make it at a price that's right. Save an extra 15%. You can do buy now, pay later, and you get a 30-day money-back guarantee. Go to buyraycon.com slash Chad. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Chad Benson Show. Serving up talk radio, medium rare, and dripping with irony. It's Chad Benson. Now it's time to find out what's trending. What's trending? Einstein, James Dean, Davy Crockett, Peter Pan, Elvis Presley, Disneyland, Princess Grace, Katie Grace, Trouble in the Suez. Norway, Oman, Pakistan, Qatar, Russia, Suriname. Leonard, Brad, Snap, Lenny, Bush, and Lester Banks, birthday party, cheesecake, jelly bean, boom. What's trending? Let's find out what's trending, shall we? Start on Twitter. Jack Smith trending. It's a special counsel. Does anybody really care? I don't think so. I don't think anybody really does. Rick Scott is trending. Rick Scott is basically who, when they talk about Social Security and Medicare, which is also trending, that that's the guy they're going after who's got this 11-point plan, and one of which is about Social Security and Medicaid, and, you know, entitlements. Now we have to figure out how we cut these things. Uh, that's one of the big things. WM Open, Super Bowl, also trending. Tons of that stuff. Marjorie Taylor Greene, she must love that. Trending everywhere. Why is she trending? Who knows? Who knows? The First Amendment. Play a little bit. Somebody said yesterday what uh, uh, a rep said about what speech should and shouldn't be protected, which is just insane. It is. I'm sorry. What do you mean what should and shouldn't be protected? Oh, my goodness me. Jamie Raskins, who is a, uh, if you guys haven't seen him, uh, is a congressperson. He is the one wearing the bandana. He is fighting cancer, and, and God willing, he's going to get better. He's a Democrat. I had to be honest, man. I'm bald. I mean, I shaved my head on purpose because it's just easier for me to get up and not have to fight with it, but... Dude, just let it go, man. Just let it go. Be cool. Be fly. Chicks did ball guys. They do. And it has a sense of power. I'm just throwing that out there. Letting you guys know. Head on over to Google. <sighs> so many things. Burt Bacharach, number one 
church thing yesterday. Raindrops keep falling on my head. And do you know? Yeah, that was him. All those things. NFL honors last night. Patrick Mahomes got another MVP. I think this is two for him. Lots of NBA news. Tons of trades yesterday in the NBA. Al Nassar. That's the team that uh, Ronaldo plays for at some ungodly amount of money every week he gets paid to play over there. Played a game yesterday, scored four goals. I watched it. The level of, of soccer is maybe college, lower level pros. Yeah, he's going to have a field day there. Absolutely a field day. Britney Spears is also trending. And the reason is, well, because she's not well, according to her. And she's mad about this. But according to a bunch of insiders, according to a bunch of people on the outside that know her, uh, they're worried that she may die. They are worried that she is going down uh, a, a, a in in flames. You know, was it two weeks ago they did a well check on her? And, you know, because she, you know, she, she's erratic. But what I love is the people uh, are freaking out about all this stuff are her fans. And you sit there and you start laughing because you're like, because they were like, free Britney, free Britney, free Britney. And then you talk to a few of them like, you know, maybe that wasn't such a good idea. <laughs> maybe the people that know her best really did care about her. And maybe she does have some issues. Maybe. But it's sad to watch somebody melt down in, in front of everybody. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter, your Insta, all of the other things. So much stuff still to get to. I'll play you that interesting take by a, 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 a congressperson about free speech. Some other stuff to get to straight ahead. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Yes, it is in DDO, my friends, in DDO. This is an interesting thing. So this is a Capitol Hill uh, hearing. Stacey Plaskett talking about uh, free speech. And and you guys know me. I read you guys a bunch of stuff about how much people can't stand me and the horrible things they say and blah, 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 blah uh, towards me. And I'm totally fine. And I, I absolutely defend everybody's right to have a disdain and to say horrible things. Uh, not everybody uh, feels that way. The chair and his colleagues continually use the moniker of protecting free speech. That sounds good. I hope they all recognize that there is speech that is not constitutionally protected. Racist, hate, incitement to violence. And I also hope, and if the protection of true speech, of free speech, extends to all Americans. Yes, it absolutely does. And uh, she's wrong. 
Now, inciting violence is one thing, but racist and hate speech is protected. That's that's the, the only speech that it protected is that hate speech. That's it. Because if you like the speech, if you like what people are saying, you feel that it should not be protected. There's no reason to protect it, Chad. I like what they're saying. Why should I protect it? Oh, I don't like what they're saying. We should get rid of it. And that's why you go, no, we have to protect it. Why do we have to protect it? I don't like it. Because nowhere in the Constitution are you granted this protection of your feelings from being hurt and or hearing something that you don't like. I have checked the Constitution. It is not there. So I said yesterday, I will protect anybody's speech. If you're inciting violence, if you're threatening to kill somebody, that is a totally different story. And we know that. We shouldn't have to preface that, but we do. But if you're, if you're, and again, here's the thing, just because you have the free, free thought to say something doesn't mean you're free from repercussions. While I protect your right to say something doesn't mean that I will go to your establishment. Doesn't mean that you may not pay the price by losing your job, losing, you know, that that doesn't mean that there won't be repercussions. But the bigger repercussions is if we start to down speech across the board, eventually they will come for the speech you do like, and they will come for your speech. That's why we must protect this thing. And as I say all the time, the reason we have the Second Amendment is in case the First Amendment fails. Oh, oh, I see, I see, I see. Yeah, just throwing it out there. A lot of interesting in- things about books. And, and as I switch over to this, there is there is a lot of wackiness when it comes to you know, what's in books, what's not in books. Uh, some books are super woke and in some books are, are not at all conservatives though. They're, they're having issues with getting books done. I mean, did you see, was it, uh, Jordan Peterson's book, right? Like, is it penguin in Canada? They were, they, they were like, we can't, we can't publish this book. People inside of here are upset. People that work for penguin are upset. They're threatening to it. it, it this is again, that's the speech thing. We must protect speech i don't like what you say so we must protect it at all cost have you shopped for children's books at a bookstore lately i really want it please book editor bethany mandel's frustrated that today's bookstores sell only certain kinds of children's books there's probably 27 different books about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, also a ton about Kamala Harris. Lots of books on people like Hillary Clinton, Justice Sotomayor, AOC, Elizabeth Warren, Greta Thunberg. How dare you? But where are the biographies on conservatives? Oh, well, that's a fair question. Why not? So she created Heroes of Liberty, a new biography series. Her top seller is about Thomas Sowell, who overcame adversity to become a famous economist. When Sowell's family moved, his new teachers put him in a lower grade because they assumed he couldn't compete with the white kids. Sowell objected to that. He's like, I'd like to speak to the principal. He didn't play the victim. He stood up for himself and he said, I will prove to you that I'm capable of doing fourth grade math. The principal actually listened, gave him a test, and when Sowell aced the test, the principal told the teachers, take this young man to the fourth grade. Sowell didn't let racism or poverty stop him. 
By contrast, today's big publishing houses portray black people as victims who can only advance through protest. Yes. Yeah, that's, you know, that CRT thing, you know, I know it's all, oh, it doesn't exist, Chad. I get CRT goes by a lot of different names. And because it doesn't exist the way that people want a class that's like, I've got to go, oh, yeah, I got homeroom, then I got PE, then I got CRT. It's, it's, it's not like that. Understand that it's not like that it's not but books are done by people who write writers tend to be creative creative tends to be a lot more liberal and the people that are working at these places tend to be far more liberal conservatives make up about half the country but book publishers rarely sell kids books about them why won't they they're in business to make money i know You'd think, right? But the problem is when they produce 27 books about Ruth Bader Ginsburg or anti-racist baby board books. Anti-racist baby is raised to make society transform. Those are being bought in bulk by libraries. And so they have this incentive built in to continue to churn out progressive ideological books. Yeah. Yeah. They continue to do so. Because who does it? Just out of curiosity. Well, you know, tends to be left-leaning. Tends to be definitely left-leaning. And those libraries, ideological side of things. Again, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg thing, you go back and you're like, oh, why is that that you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is, is the first? Why don't we have more books about Sandra Day O'Connor? Or why don't we have more books about, you, you know, I mean, any because like a book about Thomas Sowell would be awesome. There's plenty of them. They're not for kids. You know, we, we've had the Tuttle Twins guys on here on a few occasions because those are great books, libertarian books. They've got libertarian cartoons. There is a growing, vast market that is, that is you know, it's funny because some of it is strictly conservative-based towards conservatives. But a lot of stuff, what is seen as just regular entertainment is now considered conservative. And there's a marketplace for it. You're leaving out half of the country. If you think about it, you're leaving out half the country. There's a place for those voices. The problem is getting stuff published, getting stuff through in an area that is dominated by the left and the left controls so much of the marketplace and how to get things to market. Traditional publishers today are just hostile to people like them. We offered an extremely generous uh, payment for illustrators, and we were told straight up, I'm afraid of getting canceled. I'm afraid of working on a Ronald Reagan book and it getting public and having a hard time finding work thereafter. And so the first illustrators that we had to use were Bulgarian and Brazilian and Romanian. But a free market can't be held back for long. Entrepreneurs have now created alternative books that teach America's virtues. Yeah. And, you know, we deal with artists all the time and we got into the point where it's like you, you guys have no idea the stuff we get pitched to work on. We got pitched something. I'll give it just a very brief thing of insanity for my other company. We got pitched on a cartoon that is already finished. That is a major cartoon where all the white people are eliminated and all that's left is black people. Like everybody else is gone in the world and it's a utopia. And we're like, really? 
Really? I mean, it just this is this is what we've got now. It's it, there's an incentive for this this push to to wokenize everything. And you'd be surprised too because we're you know we're talking to a com- uh, couple uh, companies that have licenses to some things they want to do for some games and and some animation and we've you know we've we've got our team together and we're talking to them and the first thing out of their mouth is and these are these are these are things that you would hear and love and I'll get deeper into it when I can uh, that you're like I love that movie. Oh my God, that's incredible. I love that's awesome. I can't. Oh, yes, please do that. Like, and then you hear it's like, well, we're going to make it totally diverse now. And we're like, no. That's what apparently they think everybody in the world wants because they're in this little world and they think that's what everybody wants. They're wrong. They are. 323 538 2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Bulwark Capital. Buddies over Bulwark are amazing. If you're struggling right now with what to do with your money, investments, you don't really know what's going on when it comes to your investments. You think you do. You get like a something once a month. Eh, talk to my buddy Zach Abraham over at Bulwark, right? He'll set you straight. He'll show you what you need to do. He'll show you where you need to go when it comes to your investments because not everybody's in the same position. Some people are over-invested in certain things as they head towards retirement. Some people are under-invested. Where are you? You probably don't know. Go to knowyourriskradio.com right now. You can listen to our podcast and check out what Bulwark does. K-N-O-W-riskradio.com. They're about maximizing opportunities and minimizing risk. That is their strategy. And they're going to show you that the 60-40 bond stock mix is one that is outdated and terrible at this time so why not check it out it's not going to cost anything knowyourriskradio.com will help you find out what's best for you in your retirement investment advisory services offered through check financial llc and sec registered investment advisor chad benson show The Chad Benson Show, where we reach across the aisle and occasionally poke someone in the eye. You know what country the Great Wall of China is in? Country? Yeah. Japanese? Yes. How many days of the week end with the letter Y? And there's the five days of the week, except for Thursday. Do you know what two countries border the USA? No. Like what's on top of us and what's below us? Um, isn't the North Pole below us? <laughs> yeah. And North what else? Poland and, uh, what is above us? Is it your Because. Is that your guess? Ah, college is paying off for so many kids, isn't it? <laughs> so absolutely hilarious. That is just, oh my Lord. That is so, like, really? Really? That's your answer? Uh, the uh, below us is. The thing with the people and the such and the whatnot and above us is, uh, you know, and then there's that and uh, Great Wall of China. Where, where, where? Japanese? (laughs) 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show. Your Twitter, your Instagram this weekend. People are going to be out enjoying themselves, uh, getting ready for the Super Bowl, spending a lot of money. And they may, may go see a movie. They may rent something. Because let's be honest. Sunday, we know what everybody's going to be watching. 
Rihanna in the halftime show. What? A lot of this weekend's new stuff is meant to go with Valentine's Day or to counter-program Sunday's Super Bowl, including a new Magic Mike movie. So what's this show about? Channing Tatum returns for Magic Mike's Last Dance, also starring Salma Hayek. Also in theaters, the romantic tragedy Titanic returns with a remastered 25th anniversary edition. And streaming, it's a couple of rom-coms. 20 years of friendship. Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher star in Netflix's Your Place or Mine. And Allison Brie stars in Somebody I Used to Know on Amazon Prime Video. Oh my god! Yeah, you you throw stuff out. It's the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. You're not going to get anything. Box office is quiet this week. Now, next week, you've got Ant-Man out, and uh, that'll be huge. But this is the week where everybody just steps back and goes, we're just going to relax and just let the Super Bowl have its space. It's that kind of thing where, and I always liken this to, I remember going to the Monterey Bay Aquarium, and they had a great white shark. They had a baby that got caught up in a net, and it actually was in there for 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 several weeks. Uh, they released it because great white sharks you can it's the animal they can't keep in captivity is a great white shark. You don't have a a area big enough to keep them. Uh, if you you know they've tagged them now and they see them swim all over, they'll swim two thousand miles. There's just no way for them to keep them. But it was so funny, even though it was a little great white shark, a smidge, tiny great, it wasn't very big. All the other fish gave it such a wide berth. It's kind of like the Super Bowl. Everybody gives it a wide berth. Somebody who's going to be rocking it, though, this weekend will be Rihanna. She's going to be doing it. Uh, She talked a bit yesterday about the halftime show, what it's like, because life has changed since she's, uh, well, you know, since she has performed live. I don't think people realize it's been a while. The balance is is almost impossible because no matter how you look at it, work is always something that's going to rob you of time with your your child. When you become a mom, there's something that just happens where you feel like you could take on the world. You can do anything and. The Super Bowl is one of the biggest stages in the world. So as scary as that was, because I haven't been on stage in seven years, there's something exhilarating about the challenge of it all. And it's important for, for me to do this this year. It's important for representation. It's important for my son to see that. Seven years. I think people forget that. She has not been on stage in seven years. Uh, and you know, she's had tons of hits. She's had all of these things. She's, she's released new music, but seven years since she's performed live. And if you're going to come back to it in a way that is bigger, bigger than you can, than most people can imagine, just to give you guys a, a, a quick glimpse into when the ratings come out on Monday or Tuesday, I'll talk about everything. Usually as we break it down, the Super Bowl halftime show will actually be bigger than the game itself as far as ratings for that 15 or 20 minutes. But you only have about 15 minutes or so out there. Uh, So how do you choose? That was the hardest, hardest part. Um, Deciding how to maximize 13 minutes, but also celebrate. That's what the show is going to be. It's going to be a celebration of my catalog in, in the best way that we could have put it together. Best way to put it together. Got to maximize the catalog. Speaking of putting it together, you're going to be probably throwing a bit of a party this weekend. And uh, let's just talk a bit about that. What's the cost? 
Despite inflation and lingering shortages, your game day party is going to cost you less this year, except for one key item, alcohol. That's always the most expensive part of a party. According to a new Wells Fargo Super Bowl food report, beer prices this year have jumped 11% from last year, with wine up 4% and spirits up 2%. And experts say it can be easy to go over budget if you're not careful. Uh, yeah, like the, well, it's going to be cheaper except for alcohol. Like that's what everybody. That's what they do. Five tips to rein in your spending without fumbling the fun. One, tackle the food as a team. Ask half of your guests to bring something salty and half of your guests to bring something sweet, so you don't end up with either all chips or all dessert. Two, don't get lost on the sidelines. Keep side dishes simple. Whip up something using ingredients you already have at home or buy cheaper items like wings and guac. A pound of chicken wings is down 22% from last January. Yeah, that's huge. And guacamole is still a little bit expensive, but I was I told you we talked about it earlier this week that they were robbing, they're hijacking guacamole, not guacamole, but avocado trucks coming over from Mexico. It's insane. Uh, and how about this? Have people bring stuff. That also helps to save on some of the money. I'm just saying you could do that. Less this year in the cost of everything but alcohol. So have everybody bring the alcohol. And then you win. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter, your Instagram. You miss any of the show, please grab the podcast. This is the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Thank God it is Friday. You guys hear my voice, man. I am, uh, I'm ass whooped. This is the best way to describe it. I have been going, going, going this week like uh, I haven't for quite a while. And I go, go, go a lot. But I am absolutely crushed today. I will say that. So we'll do our best to uh, to finish this hour strong. Uh, our buddy Mike Lyons joins us at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk about what's going on, uh, not only in Ukraine, but also what is happening with the Chinese spy balloon. Because, you know, on the Hill, grilling some people, asking some serious questions. But the lie continues. And Biden comes out yesterday and he says this. I know that a lot of Republicans... Their dream is to cut Social Security and Medicare. Well, let me say this. If that's your dream, I'm your nightmare. Why is it always... First of all, that's a lie. It's not... any the, the whole entitlement thing and the dream to cut it. How about the dream as we fix it? You know what I always talk about is branding, right? Branding, branding, branding. Defund the police is stupid. Reimagining. Modernizing. That's a better way to describe it because you're not going to defund the police. That's the dumbest thing in the world. But you do need to reimagine it. You need to 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 make it so police are safer. The public is safer. There is more of a cohesive working within the public and the police modernizing the technology, all of those things, fixing Social Security, rescuing Social Security. If I'm the Republicans, I don't want to cut Social Security. I want to rescue it. 
That's what I would start coming out and saying every day. I want to rescue it. 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 I want to, we need to rescue it. We need to rescue it. Why? Because it's math. The math no longer adds up. We need to rescue it. We need to fix it. That's what we need to do. But it's funny because, again, you can't say stuff like that because the, it's easy to paint the picture. The media will go along with it, right? The old Paul Ryan, uh, you know, throwing grandma over the bridge. It's such BS. It's been a sacred trust, a rock-solid guarantee. Generations of Americans have counted on it, and it works. The number of seniors living in poverty has plummeted since Social Security was created. And now these guys want to cut it. I don't get it. I really don't. And he was in Florida yesterday touting, I want to cut, because Rick Scott's there, right? That's the whole thing. You go after Rick Scott, because Rick Scott is, is that, that yeah, that's something he wants to do. He wants to look at entitlements every seven years and say, all right, how do we fix this? How do we make it better? By the way, Joe Biden for years would come out and say, uh, we need to stop it. We need to cut it. He wanted to do it for years and years when he was a senator. We need to fix it. And that's where, if I'm a Republican... Every single day, I'm saying things like rescue. We need to rescue it. We need to figure out how we rescue it so it doesn't collapse on itself. And I'm going to be your worst nightmare. No, the worst nightmare would be you're doing the politics when the reality is problem solving is what we need done. You're playing politics. We need problem solving. You're playing politics. We need math. Oh, oh, math. Yeah, math. Math says that this is going to end poorly. That's what math says. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How do we rescue it? Because it's going to fall on itself. It's going to collapse on itself. It's going to be nasty. And then while you're playing politics and everybody else is like, we better play politics too because we're worried we're going to get in trouble. What ends up happening? Collapsing. And when it collapses on itself, somebody's going to be sitting there holding the bag going, wait, I had no idea any of this stuff was going to happen. No, everybody else knew this stuff was going to happen. Everybody did. And you failed. So rescue. Start getting the message out there. We're not here to, we're not here to break it. We're not here to, to, to cut it. We're here to rescue it. Because if we don't, it's going to go to hell in a handbasket and disappear. And then what? Oh, yeah. 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. Yesterday, it was very interesting. Yesterday was the, so the day before, it was Twitter that was uh, the 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 eye of, of, of all of our politicians, you know, up there on the Hill. Uh, today was a little bit different, uh, or yesterday was a little bit different. This was, well, it was about a balloon, and then there was some stuff about airplanes, uh, it was rather interesting because we're looking at the Chinese balloon that we're still talking about. What's going on with the Chinese balloon? Why didn't we do what we needed to do with it when we first saw it? The Pentagon needs better lawyers because if you shoot it down off the coast of South Carolina, you sure as hell can shoot it down off the coast of my state. Yeah. And why didn't they? I think that's a fair question, uh, you know, because they're still getting it. They're still getting it out. They're still looking for bits and pieces of it. But uh, the, I think it's a very fair question of why didn't you shoot it over this? And they're saying, well, you know, it made it a little bit tougher. Uh, made it, 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 There's real questions about this because four times there was incursions. Three times you had no idea what it was. You put it down as a UAP. That's unidentified aerial phenomenon for those of you not keeping score. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And on the other side of stuff, you allowed it, you know, it got to the point where once they could, everybody could see it, they were no longer, they're just brazen as it comes. Just, we didn't care at this point in time. That has to get weighed against what were the Chinese able to now gather uh, and understand and transmit back to Beijing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, does anybody, you know, know? And they're trying to defend themselves because it does look bad. I mean, once we saw it and it floated over us for days, their spin is what their spin is. The administration saying there is no doubt the balloon's equipment was for intelligent surveillance and not what you'd find on a weather balloon, as the Chinese have claimed. On Capitol Hill, Pentagon officials grilled about why it wasn't shot down when it first crossed into U.S. airspace over Alaska. But military commanders did not deem the balloon to be a hostile, imminent threat when it was over. Alaska, the Pentagon insists shooting it down over those icy waters would have made it too hard to recover debris and with it crucial intelligence. Really? Really? I'm curious as to if that's true. We're going to ask Mike Lyons, bottom of the hour. Again, a very weird situation. The fact that it floated over us and we let it float. We knew what it was. We let it float. We knew where it came from. We let it float. And the, the, it, it just, the ridiculousness of allowing this thing to float over us and continue to gather data that was, I'm sure, transmitting back to its handlers uh, was insane. But I think that's where we are in this world. And now that we've got it, I it's just makes you scratch your head, right? Like, how did we get here? How do we allow these things uh, to happen and continue to to the, the fumbling, the rumbling of these the, the, is, is tremendous. I mean, it's just been fumble after fumble after fumble when it comes to foreign, the foreign side of things and international with this president. And when he was a senator, when he was vice president, remember Osama bin Laden, that great picture of all the, you know, the president and and Hillary Clinton and, you know, this, you got Obama, Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, Joe's in there. You've got all of the people working and that had green lit Osama bin Laden's, you know, uh, execution, if you will, and takedown. Who was the only person in the room who voted against it? Joe Biden. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. Your Twitter, your Instagram, all of the other things. A lot of stuff still to get to. Super Bowl, of course, this weekend. What's it going to cost you snack-wise? Is it up a little bit? Have you got your snacks? I haven't got my snacks. I'm actually going to go, my, my wife and I, we're going to go to the golf Sunday morning because we have the the people's open, as they call it out here, the waste management open, or the WM, as they call it now, open. And then we're going to uh, get like, some snacks and come back. I'm not really into all of the hype in the pregame, uh, it's just it's not. It's, yeah, I just want to watch the game, and uh, and we're going to tell you who's who's going to win based on Madden, and Madden's been right more often than it has been wrong. So we'll talk about that as well. Three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three at Chad Benson Show. Portion of the program brought to you by Better Help. Right now, I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, life doesn't come with a user manual. 
So uh, when life's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. And maybe you need a little help navigating some challenges, decision makings, or maybe you've got some stuff that you've been dealing with and you like to speak with someone. That's where BetterHelp comes in. It's the world's largest therapy service. BetterHelp can match you. They've helped over 3 million people. So professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's totally affordable. And the great thing is you don't got to worry about, you know, fighting traffic and waiting rooms and all that stuff to find the perfect therapist. You fill out a questionnaire, you're matched with the therapist, quick and easy. And if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist. It couldn't be simpler. It has been a benefit for my eldest daughter and our family. I know it'll help you right now. Save 10% and learn about BetterHelp by going to betterhelp.com slash Benson. That's betterhelp.com slash Benson. Betterhelp.com slash Benson. Chad Benson Show. You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. Many people, understandably, were deeply frustrated at not being able to get where they wanted to go, not being able to be with their family. It was an epic screw-up. Epic screw-up indeed. Yesterday, and we talked a bit about this Southwest under the microscope of of hearings at the Capitol, and every once in a while, uh, both sides can come together and go, and it uh, it was interesting because, you know, normally, and we touched on it yesterday, an organization, the customers are mad, the public's mad, but the organization has its employees and they rally around each other. This time, you have the employees pissed, you have the customers pissed, and it was just, uh, uh, it was not a good situation. We messed up. In hindsight, we did not have enough winter operations resiliency. Where and how we de-ice aircraft to the cold resiliency of, of our ground support equipment and infrastructure. Our high rates of cancellation in Denver and Chicago, where 25% of our flight crews are based, cause our crews to be displaced. At this point, the disruption changed from a weather event that all airlines experienced to a crew event that was unique to us. I want to sincerely and humbly apologize to those impacted by the disruption. Yeah, that's their COO who was, uh, he, he, look, he had the cones enough to show up and uh, uh, it was... You're going to get grilled, but also hearing it from your people, it's tough. What our pilots saw and have known for years is that Southwest struggles to manage nearly any disruption, regardless of the cause. Our recent history and the data shows a pattern of increasingly disruptive operational failures, misprioritization of resources, and worst of all, a hollow leveraging of our culture to cover up poor management decisions. You got, yeah, just, that's got to be tough, man. Your pilots are there telling you, basically, you guys have sucked and sucked and continue to suck. Uh, CEO uh, of uh, Southwest, Andrew Watterson, again, doing trying to do everything he can to smooth things over. This is one of those things where, again, just like Ticketmaster, right? Like bringing them up in a grill and we're all pissed off. Nobody wants to pay an extra $200 for your ticketing fees. And when stuff goes sideways, it's, it's kind of, you know, every once in a while, you're like, all right, go after them. They want to know if you're going to fix that system and when. So that the same event, if it happened in a week, we would have a different outcome. We believe our winter operations resiliency was a root cause. We need to invest in technology, but also in our uh, operational systems outside of technology uh, because the winter operations uh, were too much for us. You're correct that other airlines uh, were able to handle the winter weather and we were not. 
And so to be able to uh, better handle the winter weather, we need more infrastructure at airports for de-icing. We need new technology systems with de-icing. We need to weatherize our ground support equipment. So there's lots of work and lots of expenditures we expect to prevent this from happening again. Why that was a bit of an issue, de-icing and some stuff. The reality is the bigger issue was you guys screwed up because your system that you had was antiquated, old, and you failed. You failed because you did not want to adapt your system to a more modern system. And once it went down, once it went sideways, once it failed, you guys were screwed. And then you were running around trying to figure out how you were going to fix this. And you couldn't. And then you couple that with bad weather and a few other things. And, and the domino, boom, they all started to fall. And boom, you were in lots of trouble. 323 2423 at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter tweet at us. Text the program. Interesting Super Bowl facts Super Bowl this weekend, Super Bowl 57. Why do we call it the Super Bowl? I found this to be interesting. There's a lot of interesting things. So apparently, Lamar Hunt, and uh, who was one of the great owner, owners and Lamar Hunt's team, they give it to the Lamar Hunt Trophy and and you know they th- this is the guy who's the hunt family still owns uh you know the Kansas City Chiefs i mean this is a a organization it's one of those founding organizations well lamar was always one of those one innovating and they said they were trying to figure out some way to come up with something because the afl and nfl they just call it the world championship game but they wanted something that was less than that. and they thought you know the rose bowl cotton bowl they had played all these games and everything they wanted to ex- Exploit, in particular, Rose Bowl's thing, and they did not know what to call it. And somewhere when they were talking, they said, uh, they kiddingly, he had brought up something to Pete Rosell at the time, he was running the NFL, you know, Super Bowl. And sure enough, Rosell didn't like it, but it got quoted in the newspaper, and by the third year, people fell in love with it. Hunt later said, look, I was thinking of the Super Bowl. Because my daughter had one of those bouncy Super Bowls, and it's that's and I just threw that out there. And it's funny, you when you go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you will see a toy rubber ball on display. Some of the other things. Why did we use Roman numerals? They wanted to use Roman noodles that to clarify any confusion that may occur between the NFL championship game and the Super Bowl. On top of that, it laid it after it went through the, you know, one through you know, four. So, you know, you've got I and then two I's and, you know, and then it got to IV. They liked the thought that it kind of gave a gladiatorial feel to it. Oh, yeah, I can see that. It's going to be huge. <clears throat> Upwards of God knows how many people are going to watch the game. Uh, 208 million people watched last year's Super Bowl when you add in streaming viewers. Uh, so, 69% of all homes in America will have the game on in some capacity. Super Bowl ad this year, $7 million, $233,000 a second. That's huge. And you can watch it everywhere. Rihanna will do the halftime show, but there's a bunch of other people that will be participating along the way. Chris Stapleton's going to perform the national anthem. So it is a big deal, and trust me, after being out there the last couple days at Media Row, talking to people who have been through several of 
these saying every year expands, it gets bigger. And Media Row this year was crazy. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter tweet at us. Coming up next, Mike Lyons joins us. We're going to talk about what's going on, not only in Ukraine, but also the Chinese spy balloon. Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. So much to talk about. It's been a week since the giant second moon that was the spying balloon floated by aimlessly for days, except for the part where it was controlled. Uh, when last we spoke, our good buddy uh, Mike Lyons, retired major in the Army, and of course, our military analyst, uh, uh, joined the program said, yeah, we're going to eventually shoot it down, but the lawyers are getting involved and stuff. And I heard several people echo that, Mike, on why we didn't shoot it down. Lawyers here, lawyers there in the Pentagon. The reality is, Mike, we've shot it down. And man, how just weak do we look right now when it comes to all of this stuff? Then we find out there were three other ones that were here at one point in time. Yeah, yeah, I can't get over how we also can't stop talking about it. Yesterday, the State Department decides to come out and say, yeah, well, the balloon had surveillance equipment on it. Like, we just need to be quiet and let this one go. I just the level of mistakes that have been made in this are just mind boggling. I getting back to what the NORAD commander said, that this uh, balloon showed d- domain gaps in our capabilities. We never used to tell our enemies our problems like that. Um, so, you know, top to bottom, I, it is not something that the United States has ever done before. Um, I'm not sure everybody's recognizing the level of threat China is. I mean, I think it's a small, like we said, global power trial balloon, but the bottom line is our reaction just still, we just can't stop talking about it and it just makes it worse and worse. You know, you talk about uh, the domain. Explain to everybody what the domain gap is, because it's this weird thing that they're using some sort of like, hey, there's a some sort of domain gap between these. What exactly does that even mean? Right. So at a, at, at a very high level, they, they're claiming that the because of the where this balloon flew at the, at the altitude it flew at the pace it flew at, that the sophisticated equipment that we have was not able to detect it when it crossed over and we weren't quite sure what it was, we couldn't identify it. I I have a really hard time believing that in a post 9-11 world because it flew at 60,000 feet. 60,000 feet is where ICBMs fly. With our, where our Patriot missiles that we've designed are, are, are supposed to knock those kind of things out of the sky right away. Uh, and they're claiming that we didn't kind of see it coming in, like it's like a radar glitch or something. I, it's not. It's just I'm beyond the pale that that's the case. Knowing what I know also about um, these kind of radar systems that are done in depth uh, in, in multiple different areas that overlay each other. The bottom line is they they got word of it. They knew what it was, and the Pentagon just didn't do anything about it. They didn't pass it up the chain of command, and they've had this incident kind of be, happen before. So it just is a really poor excuse for trying to for trying to tell NORAD that that, that they didn't really do their job. Talking to Mike Lyons, military analyst, as we talk about uh, China, the balloons and 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 whatnot. You talk about the 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 sophisticated system. You know, like the I've I've read stuff where you know it could look like a, a cloud. It could look like a you know they can detect birds and certain things like this. It, the fact that 
everybody knew that this was a balloon. And of course, you make the rounds nowadays. You got to call the billionaires and saying, are you guys flying something? Because, you know, you guys are all billionaires and weirdos. So who knows what you're doing? But we should have. I mean, this is embarrassing. The only reason we're even talking about it is because farmers eventually got to see it. And it was just we couldn't shut up. Yeah, that's right. And it, the governor of Montana said we should have shot it down over Montana right there. There's uh, lots of areas there that uh, that was you know pretty desolate that we wouldn't have hit anything on the ground. Uh, they wait until it literally crosses the whole United States and then, you know, over water. And, and, and again, the legal side to this is they want to make sure it's still within the airspace of the United States, but not in international water because we couldn't have shot it down in international water. I, again, they, they talked themselves into this, you know, reasoning, like apologizing for doing this. And and I just I just don't get it. When, when, it, when, it, was, when it was shot down, it was still terminal velocity when it hit the ocean. So whatever was in there was likely destroyed anyway. It's not like. You know, all you see them doing is picking out, you know, balloon parts out of the sea because all the mechanical parts have been probably shattered and destroyed or at the bottom of the ocean right now. So sad. You, you, I, I, you and I were talking off the air and I was talking yesterday, like TikTok was right across from us at the, at the, you know, at the, uh, at the media row for Super Bowl. And you're like, people just don't understand what kind of threat china is not just to 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 the globe but you know to us as well and i don't think people really understand how big of a threat china is yeah and on all levels from the military they're called the pacing threat and what that means is that uh, our, our military planners are trying to figure out how to wage war win a war really a defensive war at least to start uh, if they started one against china they have a billion people I mean, we couldn't even manufacture a billion bullets, let's say, right? I mean, to to, to do something there. Um, so so from the military side, you look on the commerce side, the Chinese continue to steal our intellectual capital. They've been stealing it for the past 20 years since it's been opened up under, you know, former Bill Clinton's when he was the president, when he said, you know, that China are the good guys. You heard our this president that said China are the good guys. You have the commerce side to it. So on every on every aspect, China has, you know, they've, they've stolen 22 million records of, of uh our former service members, they hack, they have tremendous capability in the cyber world. They have all these kinds of things. It's almost like a ticking time bomb as to when they're going to actually do something. But we're not awake here in our country. I, I thought this would have been like this visual political reality of seeing a balloon in the sky that's a spy balloon saying that they're kind of a threat. But the United States people don't necessarily recognize them as a threat yet as everybody continues to download TikTok and information from your phone is heading right off to the, you know, the Chinese Communist Party. Talking to my clients, military analysts, we talk about uh, all things military and global chaos. It looks like the the somewhat of the onslaught has begun in as we pivot from there to to Ukraine. Uh, and it looks like they're starting to ramp it up a little bit quicker. Are they starting to sense the Russians that uh, the Brits are getting more behind it and maybe people are going to start pitching in more that they better get into this thing quicker <laughs> just in case it gets to the point where they realize they've got everything they need to be more offensive than defensive? Well, the Russians are fighting what's called a covering force battle right now. It's the pre- precursor to what I perceive to be is going to be this operation, uh, bring this offensive operation that they'll take place over the next few months. And the covering force uh, provides Russia opportunities to collect intel on the ground, see what the other, see what the enemy is doing. It also forces Ukraine to respond to some of these attacks as Russia is probing and looking for weak spots. And this is what's happening in the east so i don't think the the offense is on full-blown yet 
but I do think that it is just a matter of time. And I think that um, the the tanks aren't going to get there on time. And uh, there's going to be real concern here in the next few months as Russia has been mobilizing a tremendous amount of troops uh, on the border there, as well as within the Donetsk region in particular, to try to take back what's the eastern por- portion of the Dnepro River. You know, it was... I. Uh, <sighs> I saw this week a few articles, and nobody really picked it up, that uh, I think it was the one of the guys, some of the leaders in Chechnya said, hey, you know, uh, Putin's no longer going to hide the fact that uh, Poland is next. And, you know, not only for being Poland and, and you know, and there some issues they've had with Poland in the past, but also for what's going on, they're no longer going to hide that fact that they're coming for them next. And it really wasn't picked up by a bunch of people. And I thought to myself, for all the worry of us, you know, impeding in, in into Ukraine and helping them and getting closer to Russia, the reality is if they overthrow the Ukrainian government and they decide, hey, we're keeping all this stuff, they're next to Poland. And all of a sudden, the East is moving West. Yeah, that that now gets NATO involved. I think that uh, that would be a huge wake up call, and, and the amount of equipment that Russia takes there is um, is a game changer. So I, I'm not sure uh, whether or not uh, the U.S. would let that happen. We'd have we'd have intel that would see that as the case. That R- Russia would need Belarus on their side in, in order to do that, because they're still as much as they're wrecking Ukraine their military is still getting fairly wrecked in terms of the amount of troops that they're losing. And while they, they have people and they have industrial capacity, um, I think that that might be a bridge too far. I, I you know, the U.S. will would likely get more of a, you know, U.N. involvement. The U.S. would get much more involved in that if they thought Poland was being a threatened. And, and, then, and then I would say this, uh, I, you look at the polls, what they're doing right now, and uh, they've got a history of, of of the Russians, and I think if anything, they'd want they'd want a shot at them, and they would not stop. They would not hesitate. As as you know, they're in this phase of of now getting new military equipment coming from the West, and I and I think Poland would uh, would put up a big fight. But that would be a NATO fight at that point, and that would be a loser for Vladimir Putin. As we move to you know this this battle that's getting ready to begin, uh, you know this week Zelensky was in it was you know was was in the UK uh, doing his thing, and you know they're debating on whether or not to give him jets, and I don't know if they will or won't, but it, there is this definite sense that the, the this ramp that is coming, uh, the off ramp is is coming closer and closer for for Russia and them to settle some stuff, uh, you know, semi peacefully here, and Zelensky doesn't seem to be wanting having any of it. He wants his land, he wants his country back. And that fight is going to get more expensive for a lot of people. And there's got to be at some point somebody saying, all right, well, guys, you better figure this out because we're not going to fund this forever. Well, I, you know, that's exactly a great point. And at, at what point does the the West say, OK, it, it's now time to negotiate because we can't give you any more and I thought that um, we would have waited on the tanks, at least until we thought Russia was a little bit more destroyed. They're not. Um, but it, we're giving him a false sense of security because he can't win without the West. And at, at any at any point that, that that support could get turned off. So I think that, um, you know, there will come a point and maybe it's six months from now where um, a phone call gets made and and. He's got to recognize he might lose, uh, you know, 20 percent of his land mass and 95 percent of the Black Sea coast until until the Ukraine military can figure out a way to military threaten it with with force and take Crimea. There's they have no leverage in this in this whatsoever. And Russia knows that Russia knows that they can't they can't keep troops along that 800 kilometer border 
in enough of a mass to bring the offensive operation they need to the southern portion to threaten Ukraine, to threaten Crimea, because if they did, then they give up the entire eastern portion uh, and they lose that forever as well. Yeah. And that's and again, you know, you, you, you as I tell everybody, you know, at the end of the day, if we were and, and you'll answer this, Mike, better than anybody else, if 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 the West turns it off, it says, look, six months, it's over and done and they still want to keep on the fight. How long does that fight last before Russia finally overthrows them? Yeah, I mean, if they get their stuff together from a military perspective, it, it that could be weeks. I mean, that's that's that could be that allure of battle that that they think could take place the initial three day, uh, you know, kind of occupation. It's just wide open spaces there. Once they get past certain defenses, the Russian forces just have not proven to to fight in a combined arms manner. They they can bring more tanks, they can bring more infantry fighting vehicles, they can bring more aircraft to the battlefield. Um, and if they decide to ever synchronize it and fight in a combined arms team, I, there's just not a lot Ukraine can do about it except, uh, you know, try to negotiate something quickly before they take more space. Incredible, crazy chaos. Who knows what will happen next? It's great having you on. He is a retired major in the Army. And, of course, the man, the myth, the legend when it comes to us in, in, in military. We love having him on every week. Uh, Mike Lyons, as always, Mike, appreciate you coming on. We'll talk to you soon. Chad, thanks. Have a great weekend. You too. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter, C-H-A-D-P-E-N-S-O-N. Ah, rough greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash chat. I give it to my dog, Doodle, every single day. It's got vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369. It is awesome. Give it to my older dogs. Give it to my younger dogs. And right now, uh, you know, I make sure that my mother's dogs have it because I think it's a good thing. They've got big dogs, and one of them's going through some issues medically. And make sure they double down on that because all the help they can get is what they need. And it is just been a lifesaver for my older dog, Doodle, who is happy, healthy, and thriving. If you'd like to try it, give it to your dogs. Don't change a thing, by the way. You get it. You just sprinkle it on top of there. You don't have to buy new food or anything. All you have to do is go to ruffgreens.com slash chat. They're going to send you a new bag absolutely free. Roughgreens.com slash chat. Roughgreens.com slash chat. It is the Chad Benson Sure. Set Chad straight. Text the show, 323-538-2423. That's 323-538-CHAD. Someone has to do it. Might as well be you. The Chad Benson Show. Well, you got to make sure you get your rehab in. You got to make sure you get the the mo- mo- mobility right, everything like that. Um Luckily, you got you had an extra week, so that helps out a ton. Um, but uh, you still just try to get wherever you can to be close as you can to 100% by game day. That right there, Patrick Mahomes. It is the game. 57 of these. This will be the 57th edition of the Super Bowl. Some neat stuff inside of the Super Bowl. This is Travis Kelsey, uh, who plays for the Chiefs, talking about his mom. Oh, my mom's everything. I love her to death. Uh, and right now, I think she's kind of cheering for the Eagles because of her grand- grandkids. But uh, it's all right. We're, I know. I know. I know where her heart is. Uh, why is he saying he? She's cheering for the Eagles because his brother plays for the Eagles. <laughs> That's hilarious. First time ever brothers will face off. Now, they both play offense, so they won't go up against each other. Uh, But uh, first time ever that the brothers will face off in a Super Bowl. Andy Reid, the coach of the Chiefs, looking to win his second Super Bowl. He actually coached the Eagles at one point. It was his first 
team that he coached. I had 14 great years there. I loved every minute of it. Um, it's a great organization. Um, I still am close with the, the people there. It was great to see the, the kids that we had drafted uh, that are now these veteran players, all pro players, and um, on that team. Uh, I had a chance to give them a hug last night, and, and, and now we go our separate ways and we get ready to play. Yep, and it is going to be a hell of a game. Uh, but I'm going to tell you guys this right now. People have been asking me, you know, who who's going to win? Well, let's break it down for you, shall we? Because it is going to be this Sunday, the Super Bowl on five. And I am going to break it down for you from top to bottom. Who's got the most talent? You look over and you say, it's hard to go against the Chiefs. Uh, Travis Kelsey is the best. No doubt about it. Tied in in the history of football. Patrick Mahomes is in his, what, this will be his third Super Bowl. He's won one. He's lost one. He is a freak of nature. Brilliant. Incredible. That team is stacked in a lot of ways. They lose a guy, they bring another guy in. They lose a guy, they draft a guy. Their offense is amazing. All of the things point us to Chiefs, except for the fact that you look over and you see the Eagles. Jalen Hurts. Damn good quarterback. Damn good quarterback. Is he great? Like Patrick Mahomes? If you told me today who could I take one of these two, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. Their receivers are great, but not the greatest. Their defense is insane. They it's one of those teams where they don't do they don't have that one or two players. They don't they they you look over there and you're like, man, they're they're good. But they're not great. They're even great, but they're not great. But you know what they are? A great team. The Eagles are a great team from top to bottom. There isn't a weakness. You look over, special teams, great. You look over, defense, great. Offense, great. That's why this weekend, defense wins championships. And that's what's going to happen. The Eagles, 31 and the Chiefs, 24. That is my pick for Super Bowl 57. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the show. Miss any show. The podcast. Grab it, please. Mike Lyons, great. Talking about China. Check it out. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show.